My wife always gets on to me for not doing themed sermons on special days, so I had to preach about women today, uh, mothers in particular, I suppose. I said, that's not true. I preach about Christmas on Christmas, uh, but for whatever reason, I guess not enough on Father's and Father's Day and Independence on Independence Day or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It, uh, nonetheless... Here we are, I preach about donuts on National Donut Day. I'm not real sure what she's complaining about. <laughs> Donut, do this, see? Um, sorry. That's <laughs> uh, we're in Second John chapter, uh, chapter 1. It's only one chapter. Um, we're going to look at a mother's testimony today. And here in Second John, we see a, uh, a letter being written specifically to a lady here. And uh, it's interesting, it says there in verse number 1, the elder, uh, that's who's writing, unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever, grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in the truth of love, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. We're going to actually look at uh, pretty much the whole book of Second John uh, here today, but I want us to look at three things regarding a mother's testimony. It applies to everyone, not just mothers, uh, but three things about a mother's testimony that we see here in Second John. Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I pray that you would uh, uh, help me uh, physically, that I would uh, um, be okay for this. And Lord, I pray that you would help today as we look into your word, that again, we would learn from it, clear our hearts and our minds uh, so that we can receive what you want us to receive today. And God, I pray that you would help us as we look at these verses and as I present them, that I would do them clearly and correctly. And, and God, again, my prayer is that we just draw closer to you, that our testimony would be better as a result of what we learned from your word today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I'm going to try really hard not to sniffle and, and clear my throat today. Uh, and, uh, and I'll try to stay as far away from you as possible, although I don't think I'm contagious. But nonetheless, uh, John, 2 John chapter 2 is, again, a letter here written to a lady, a Christian lady here. And I want us to see, first of all, three things about a mother's testimony. First of all, a personal testimony. A personal testimony. And we see it here in verses 1 through 3 where he says, Of this elect lady and her children, he says, Whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us forever, grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. <clears throat> we see here this testimony of this lady, and we're not given the name of her here in Second John, but we see the testimony of her was wide-reaching. Her personal testimony was wide-reaching. People knew of her testimony. They knew of how she lived. They knew of uh, her character. It, it was real. It was, it was not something that was, you know, uh, sometimes you can trick somebody, right? They meet you one time and they walk away thinking, man, that person, they were really nice. But if they were to ask anybody else that knew you for any amount of time, they might say, uh, really? Uh, this is a bad thing to bring up on Mother's Day, but my grandmother's funeral 
a few years back, uh, I remember the preacher got up and just started talking about how nice my grandmother was, and she was a very nice lady, and how she never uh, said anything mean about anyone, and our entire family started laughing. Um, and uh, our family, not just my grandmother, our family loves to make fun of people, um, and, as, and as Christian of a way as possible. Uh, but uh, grandma and my mom and grandma and, and my aunt and grandma and us grandkids as we got older uh, would have fun conversations. And uh, it's one of those things where uh, her pastor had only known her for a few months. He was a new, new pastor to the area. Um, and I thank the Lord for him. He was a wonderful blessing for my grandparents. But uh, that being said, you understand that sometimes you can, you act certain ways around people you don't know and certain ways around people you do know. You're just a little bit more comfortable, right, with the people you know. And you also always, most people are trying to put on a good front uh, to, as they meet people, good first impression. And, uh, and so this testimony was, was real because it was wide-reaching. Everyone who knew her knew her as this way. She was a, uh, a, a godly woman, I believe. And we see that everything that it talks about with her testimony talks about truth. Uh, it says, whom I love in the truth, not I only, but also all they that know, have known the truth. Her testimony was centered around truth. It wasn't centered around personality. You know, we all have different personalities. We all, uh, um, God made us unique in that way. And, and uh, there are people who are cheerful. You remember our missionary, uh, Tori Overton. Um, she's very, very bubbly and cheerful and happy at all times of the day. I've known, I've known the Overtons for quite some time, and, and uh, when Tori was in college uh, is when I met her, and, and she was always that way, just very happy. And it doesn't matter what time of the morning it is or what time of the evening it is, just bubbly and happy. And then there's other people who are not bubbly and happy ever. Um, you could tell them the most exciting news in the world, and they would say, well, that's great. And you would think, what do you mean that's great? Celebrate, fireworks, whatever, let's do something. Oh, no, that's good. That's really, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, so everybody has different personalities, but this woman's testimony wasn't centered around her personality. This woman's testimony wasn't centered around anything material, Nothing that she uh, had or earned or anything like that, uh, we would assume, we don't know this, would assume she was a widow uh, because there's no mention of her husband, but there is of her and her children. And so, so very possibly she was a widow, but her testimony was not about her circumstances. Everything that we read about this lady centers around truth. What is truth? Truth is the gospel. Truth is God's word. It is, it is what we know to be true. And so her testimony is based on her holding to truth. It says in verse 2, For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, uh, and shall be with us forever. It says in verse number 3, towards the end of the verse, in truth and love. Uh, we see that, again, the relationship had between the author of 2 John, the, 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 the person who penned it, and the other people that he mentions in verse number 1 that all that have known uh, the truth. It's all centered around Scripture. I think sometimes we spend so much time in trying to build a testimony of being kind. And listen, we should be kind 
Um, we should be compassionate. We should be loving. All of those things. I'm not saying we should not be. But sometimes we spend so much time trying to develop a persona, a character, a testimony about our compassion for someone that we're not actually doing it in truth. We're doing it because that's the way we're supposed to do it. Sometimes we try to build a, a, a persona or a testimony or a character or an impression about ourselves based off our material possessions. Facebook is an absolute uh, hilarious lie of people's lives. I know people personally that have, if you looked at their Facebook page, you would think they were a millionaire. If you know them personally, you know that they're, they're miserable, that they're not wealthy, uh, they, they live in sin, they, uh, they, they live a miserable life, they, they lost family uh, because of their decisions. But if you look at their Facebook page, my goodness, they're killing it. I know other people, and, and this happens with, and listen, I don't think you should broadcast your marital problems, but um, there are people that on Facebook, man, you'd think they have the perfect marriage. In reality, in life, it is, it is just crumbling. And again, I'm not saying post your crumbling marriage on Facebook. Just stay off of it. Uh, just don't post anything. Uh, you know, I like social media. I use social media. Um, I'm not preaching against social media. A lot of wisdom and, um, and, and using social media in a godly fashion. And I think that it is wise to be careful how much time you consume on it because it's not a real place. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm on Twitter. I use Twitter a lot for um, uh, non-ministry things. And uh, it's interesting, <laughs> Twitter is. It's a very vile place. Uh, people like to fight and argue and things like that. That's why I don't use my personal Twitter that often anymore because my, so I have two Twitter accounts, uh, but my personal one and then a work one, and my personal one is, is full of pastors, and, uh, and it's, just, it's just ugly. They're just fighting all the time, just nonsense. Uh, my other one is pretty much all sports things, and if it's fighting, it's about a, a sports thing, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, but social media is just—it's got us into this fake, uh, um, non-reality situation. This lady's testimony was not about anything other than truth. It was centered around truth. How do people know you? Do they know you about the truth that you support, about the truth that you follow, or do they know you about other things in your life that are vain? It all has to come back to what is it about. This lady's testimony, I believe, her personal testimony was wide-reaching and it was real. And that's a good, good place for us to start. Um, you know, there, I've been blessed to know a lot of people in my life through the life that God's allowed me to live. I've met tons of people, know people all over the world. And uh, to be able to, uh, it's funny, again, you know, you, you talk about people, we've had people come visit our church that I went to college with that I hadn't seen since college. I've changed a lot since college. Um, and most of them are very thankful for that. And uh, we had a guy stop in on a Wednesday night back in the last building we were in, and he, I didn't know he was coming. He just popped in, and, and, and my first thought, man, I had all these memories of college, and I thought none of them are good. I don't know, you know, uh, he knew me in my worst, and, uh, and I, granted, I knew him in his worst too, but uh, nonetheless, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that, but now what? Now when they know you, do they know you only for what you used to be or what you are today? 
there are a lot of people who grew up, and I've been fortunate to, to, to not be in an area of, uh, of temptation and a lot of things, vices and things like that. But there are people who've been saved out of, out of life, lifestyles and life that I just I can't even imagine. But are you known for that or are you known for what you are now? See, her testimony was centered around the truth that she was living now, the truth that she was following now. That's her personal testimony. Number two, we see a family testimony. And we see it in verse number four as he says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, and we have received a commandment from the Father. Some believe that her children were grown and were traveling, and so they came across them in, in traveling instances and got to meet and know and, and, uh, and, and see them as, as grown adults. Uh, that doesn't tell us that here, but uh, that, that could be true. Nonetheless, at either, either way, we see here that they knew her for her testimony, but they also see that her children are walking in truth. What greater testimony is there for a parent than to see children walking in truth? You know, my parents, thankfully, out of the two children, they've got me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My sister's good too. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you think as a parent, and, and I've got, you know, my two kids, and they're 14 and 11, or 13, 11, soon to be 14, 11, and, 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 and there are daily moments where I look at my children, and I see them, and I see how they behave, and I pray and say, God, fix it. Um, because right now, is it a big deal? Not necessarily, but if it doesn't get fixed, could it be a big deal? You bet it can. And I want when my children to leave my house and live adult lives to be responsible, yes, but I'd rather them be godly, and if they're godly, they'll be responsible. But uh, that's where my concern is. Uh, will they go out and get a job? Will they go out and, and, and uh, you know, live, a, live a life? Sure, um, but will they walk in truth? Will they, will they follow God's path for their life? I ask my, question, my kids questions every now and then, just randomly, uh, when we're not talking about anything spiritual, just to kind of see where their mind is. I'll ask them about church. I'll ask them about uh, a future church. What are you going to do when you get out of the house? What kind of church do you think you'll go to? Um, what kind of woman are you going to try to marry? Uh, you know, when you have kids... Uh, you know, those kinds of questions. Just to kind of see where their mind is now. Because, you know, Brett, he's, he's back here. I'm going to talk about him. Sorry, Brett. Um, 13, uh, getting ready to be 14. And I think about where I was at 13, 14 years old. And I think about the direction that I started to go, really more 15, 16, but it's getting close. And I thank God that God kept me um, in line and the God put people in my life to help keep me in line. And even in my in the moments where I was the furthest away from God, He still had uh, that that uh, so-called hedge around me that protected me and kept me in line enough until He got a hold of my heart and, and changed my ways. But man, my kids are getting to that point now, and I start I think about it a whole lot more now than my wife's thought about it since the day they were born. But I'm starting to think about it a lot more now. As they age, and, and I start to see, my goodness, we better be careful. Will my family have the testimony that this lady's family had? She had her children walking in truth. It's the same testimony as their mother. So then I have a question, how? How did she get her children to walk in truth? 
if I can give you four things, not too long, uh, there we go into a lot more detail on these, but we won't today. How can we have our children walk in truth? How can we have this family testimony? Well, number one, we have to train them. We have to train them. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I take that as a promise. A promise from God. That if I do right in training my children, they will do right when they're gone. Well, does that mean that they'll never mess up? Does it mean that they'll never run, that they'll never stray? No, but I believe it means they will come back. Um, and that's, man, it's, it's, it's hard, right? And, and I know we're recording this, so I want to be careful what I say. I know families, man, their children are just gone. And it's not easy to give the, to share the, the truth sometimes. Not everyone's this way, but as a pastor and you sit down with people and you talk and, and sometimes it's, it's a hard truth. You know, it, just, it didn't get trained right. The child didn't get trained right. Other times it is that waiting period. Did you train them right? All right, let's trust God. If you train them up in the way they should go, God says when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Now, when does that mean they'll come back? I don't know. I don't have the answer. What I can tell you as a parent, I look at this verse and I claim it. <laughs> I hold on to it tight. And I say, God, if I do right in training my children, you're going to hold them. You're going to keep them. You're going to bring them back if they run. But we have to train them. You're not going to have a family testimony if you don't train now, thank God that ungodly parents have, have, have raised children in a wicked environment and wicked places, and those children were saved, and those children uh, lived a godly lifestyle and had an, an, a testimony as an adult, and, and, and praise the Lord for it. Uh, but I'm telling you, you're, you're in church today, and you want a godly child, or you want a child that walks in truth, or children that walk in truth, you better be training them. You cannot expect, uh, Will Rice, who, who I worked under for several years, he always said, if you don't train them, the world will. Somebody's training your children. It better be you. Because the other people that are going to train your children aren't going to train them the way God desires for them to be trained. You should never count on a church to train your children. They should assist. You should never count on a Christian school to train your children. They should assist. You should never count on Bible college to train your children. It should assist but it is your responsibility to train your children in the way they should go. How can we have children walk in truth? Number one, we train them. Number two, we nurture them. The Bible says to bring them up in the nurture and admonition uh, of, of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I believe uh, it's talking about here the, the idea of sometimes we, we push our children in the, in the wrong way. Our desire, our motive might be uh, to, to train them up in the way they should go, but sometimes our actions provoke them to wrongdoing. There's a difference, you know, we, it's hard. Um, <laughs> I want to make sure I say this correctly. Um, tough love, I, I'm all for it. Um, there's a time for it, for sure. We better be careful that we're not so tough on our children they never actually see the love. And sometimes in our, um, our, our I told you so answer, 
is actually pushing them further away from God. As a young child, I told you so should be enough. I believe that with all my heart. As the children grow, they need to understand the reason why. Now listen, you don't reason with your children in the sense that um, if they don't agree with you, then they're not going to obey you and you're okay with it. That's not what I'm talking about. But I believe that so many, and we do this in church too, and I know we're talking about family, but uh, where we, we have these young people grow up and we say, do this, do this, do this, do this. And the moment they question it, oh, how dare you question? How dare you question? And what they learn is I'm not allowed to ask questions. And then at some point in their life, they're going to understand, they're going to learn that you were wrong. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're going to take everything that you've ever said. Say, well, if they were wrong about that, they must have been wrong about everything. And what happens is we get to this, uh, this forceful authority that we never actually teach them or grow them, train them up in the, in the nourishment of God. Where there is a, a, you know, when you're talking about nurturing, um, there is a help, there is a comfort, there is a growth, um, there is reproof and correction in it, but it is, it's, it's loving. You know, my parents, before they beat me, always said, we're doing this because we love you, and I use the word beating uh, facetiously. Uh, as they spanked me, they would always tell me, Vince, we love you, this is why we're spanking you. Uh, and I didn't understand it even then. I understand it now. But then, you know, I wasn't thinking about them saying they loved me. I was thinking about them spanking me and how much it hurt um, and how much my sister deserved it more than I did. Uh, and so I was going through all those things. So I wasn't thinking about how much they loved me. But you know what? The older I got, the more I realized, boy, they really did love me. And, and my parents, I think, did a very good job of nurturing um, and admonishing uh, of, of not just tough love, although there was tough love at times, but an actual uh, a proof of love. You can't just yell at someone and say you do it because you love them. Now, yeah, you, you, and we've used the example many times before. If he's in the road and I say, get out of the road! Well, I'm yelling at him because I love him. But see, there's a difference between having a child be in your house for 18 or more years and they grow up and all they hear is, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Do this, do this, do this. And they're never nurtured. There's never understanding. There's never uh, um, putting an arm around them and saying, this is why. Because they're going to ask the questions why, whether they ask it to you or someone else. They're asking why. And there comes a point, and when that point is, I, I don't know, but uh, specifically for every person it's different. But there comes a point in their life where you better make sure you're teaching them and not just disciplining them. Or you're explaining and growing and nurturing them through, through the Lord's nurturing. Christ loves you. Christ loves your children. Nurture them up. Train them. Nurture them. Number three, discipline them. I know we just talked about uh, be careful with this, but it's, the Bible teaches it. Proverbs 19.15, which remember Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Proverbs 19.15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. What a convenient verse for Mother's Day. The rod and reproof give wisdom. Correction, discipline. When something is done that is wrong, you discipline them 
so that they learn that's wrong, we're not going to do that. And then we correct them so they know what to do, what is right. Uh, there's a lot of verses on this, but Proverbs 22:15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Listen to that again. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. Your child, as sweet as you think he is, as sweet as you think she is, your child has foolishness bound up all inside. And left undone, that foolishness stays with them. But correcting it, biblical discipline, not, we got to be careful with this, right? I'm, I'm 100% against beating children. But biblical discipline drives the foolishness far from them. You want your child to walk in truth, you have to discipline your child. You can't let the, the sin go unpunished. You can't let the wrongdoing go unpunished. They've got to be disciplined. Why? Because the Bible says that discipline gives wisdom. Correct, biblical discipline. Correction gives wisdom. And that there's foolishness in the heart of your kid, you've got to get it out. And the rod of correction drives it far from him. When it comes to disciplining your children, as I encourage you to do with everything else, pray about it. Seek God's help with it. But understand it has to be done. You don't have to discipline your children the way that I discipline my children, although I think we do it correctly. Um, but do it the way God wants you to do it. And understand that if you don't discipline your children, they're going to be foolish for a long time. And it's going to bring shame. Shame to them, shame to you, shame to God. Train them, nurture them, discipline them. Number four, cherish them. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Cherish your children. You don't have to tell too many parents that. But I know there are days where you're thinking, when is this going to be over? <laughs> You picture the RV and the splashing ocean and a quiet space. When is it going to be over? Cherish your children. They're a gift from God. I was never a kid person, which was kind of funny because I grew up at church camp, worked in church camp, and um, <laughs> was around hundreds of kids every week, and uh, all that good stuff, but uh, uh, nonetheless, I was never a kid person. Became a pastor. Uh, we had one child and one on the way when I became a pastor, and uh, you know, I had baby dedication and stuff like that. And um, I don't hold babies. Um, I'm not anti holding a baby, but if I don't have to, I'm not going to do it. I held my children. Um, I changed my children's diapers, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I took care of my kids, but your kids are not my kids. <laughs> Your kid is not a, a, a gift from God to me. Um, they're a gift from God to you. So stop asking me to cherish your children, cherish them yourself. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I, don't, I try not to hold babies. I honestly do. It's, you know, they spit up. Um, they smell, um, you know, cry, all that kind of stuff. 
it's just not my thing. Uh, I'll high-five them, um, give them daps, uh, give them a dollar on their birthday, whatever, but uh, cherish your children. It's funny, the older I get, the more, again, I just, it's, so, it's happening so quick, right? And you're always told that, oh, it goes by so fast. You know, Brett's almost 14, and we started thinking, uh, um, oh, man, we've got four more years before he heads off to college. Uh, this, this coming school year, he'll be a freshman in high school. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then it won't be long, he'll be in college, and uh, Lord willing, for four years. And, uh, and then he'll graduate, and then he'll, you know, whatever possibly get married. Uh, he'll be out on his own. You can't live with me, that's the rule. After college, you're out. Um, I'll cherish you until then. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 it is. It's going by fast. And I think back, man. I, I do. I think back as a dad to areas, and I try to get better, um, you know, and I try to think, man, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Whatever it may be. And, and you realize time is speeding by. Cherish your children. They're an heritage of the Lord, an inheritance from God to you. It, it makes them a, your responsibility in the scariest of ways, but also in the most wonderful of ways. If you want your family testimony, you want your children to walk in truth, train them, nurture them, discipline them, and cherish them. And I believe you'll be able to say proudly uh, that your children walk in truth. So we see a personal testimony. We see a family testimony. And lastly, this morning, I'd like us to see a complete testimony. There are more people in this world than just your fellow Christians and just your family. Don't forget about the rest of the people in life. Uh, look in verse number 5. And now I beseech thee, lady... Not as though I write a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this love, uh, this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. And then he gives a warning in verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourself that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that, hath, uh, he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed, for he, hath, uh, he that biddeth him Godspeed as partaker of his evil deeds. A couple things in these verses and we'll be done this morning. Number one, we need to remember it. To have a complete and full testimony, we need to remember the old commandment still exists in verse number five, love one another. I've seen too many people in my life use their family as an excuse to be ugly to other people. It happens uh, all over the place. You've got to remember there's a commandment here given to us. The Bible says it's the second greatest commandment. That's what Christ said. Love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I believe here when he says love one another, he's talking to those within the church and things like that. But, but we know what the scripture says, to love our neighbors as ourselves. The old commandment still exists. 
something we're still responsible for. And sometimes we get so caught up in, in our own personal self and in our family that we don't actually uh, take care of the others the way that we're supposed to. We have a good testimony maybe with our family, but maybe not with our neighbors. Now we've talked a lot about the importance of separation uh, from the world and, and being a peculiar people and being what God wants you to be and, and getting away from things that will tempt you or, or pull you away from God. But you have to make sure that your testimony is complete, and it's complete by loving one another, not just your family. Family, especially immediate family, are easier to love than strangers, in my opinion. Maybe they're not for you, but in my opinion, it, they are. But I still have to love others. Know who the one another is, right? This is kind of the warning that's given to us there. He says there's many deceivers, verse 7. And they confess that Jesus Christ uh, is come, uh, is not come in the flesh. He says they're a deceiver and an antichrist. In verse a, excuse me, verse number nine, he says, "Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God." And then he says in verse number ten, "If he comes to you and brings not this doctrine, biblical doctrine, receive him not into your house, and don't bid him God's speed. For if you bid him God's speed, you're a partaker." in his evil deeds. So when we're looking at uh, our complete testimony, we have to be very cautious. And this is as, as relevant today, if not more so, than it was here in 2 John. There are people all around us with false doctrine claiming to be Bible believers and God followers. And God says, you better be careful about them. Because it's going to bring down your testimony. If you associate with those that have not Christ and are anti-Christ, against Christ, opposite of Christ, you don't want to be a partaker in that. So many Christians today are trying to do right. And the world is telling you, in order for you to be acceptable in my eyes, you have to love me for who I am. And when they say that, what they mean, for the most part, obviously when we say the word all, we, uh, we're usually wrong. But what they say for the most part is, you have to be okay with my choices. The Bible never says that. The Bible says we need to be, and if I can use the word okay, with God's choices, with God's way. Should we love those people? Yes. Should we be okay with what they do? No. And what happens is, is now, because you have so many people who are trying, good motives, trying to love people, they're loving them unbiblically. And the church now is just intermingling with the world in a way now where we've, we've taken out important aspects. You shouldn't take out any aspect, but we're taking out important aspects of Scripture to make them feel comfortable in our buildings. And I will tell you this, the Bible gives comfort when you're following it. If you're not following it, 
it should not bring you comfort. And so we have people who come and as they intermingle and as they blend the church with the world, next thing you know now, they are not even preaching God's gospel anymore. And God says, don't be a partaker of that. It will ruin your testimony. Because now you're not following truth, you're following people. Now you're not following God, you're following the world. The things of the world and the things that God are at enmity one with another. They don't mix. Light and darkness doesn't mix. He says, you better be careful. There are deceivers out there. Don't welcome them in. I know people, again, they're, they're, their motive is right. The motive is good. But boy, they think, hey, this religion here and this religion here, hey, let's just bring them in and let's, uh, you know, have them over to my house. And, and when they leave, I'll say, God bless you. And, and, uh, and, and you know, thank you for what you're doing for God and, and those kinds of things. And God says, they're not doing anything for me. Don't be a partaker. Should you love them? Yes. But don't be a partaker. And then he says, and this is our last thing today, examine yourself. Verse number 8. Look to yourself that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. You got to make sure you look in the mirror. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you striving for the gospel? Are you obeying what he's told you to do? You see this mother that is being written to in 2 John, she has a personal testimony that she walks in truth. She has a family testimony that her children walk in truth also. But then we see as they close out here in, in 2 John, Make sure you don't forget about the, the old commandment that still exists. Love one another. And be aware of those around you. Look in the mirror. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, that your testimony can be complete. He says in verse number 12, Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Well, we see this closing out of the thing, the, the excitement of, you know, this is a letter. I can't wait to see you face to face. But here in 2 John, we see this lady, and she's got a good testimony, and her children have a good testimony as well, and there's nothing more. Uh, I mean, we would be so excited if, if we stand before God and God says you had a good testimony, and your children had a good testimony too. Man, we'd be ecstatic about that. Well, if you want that, you've you got to do it now. Um, have that testimony of truth, that your life is centered around truth. Don't try to center it around personality. And don't try to center it around things. And don't try to center it around whatever. Center it around truth. Let your life be known by the God that you serve. And then pray and seek and train and nurture and discipline and cherish your children so that they too can walk in truth. And then just have that complete testimony outside of the home, outside of the Christian world. Have that complete testimony that you love one another and that you just, you live what you believe. People see it. <laughs> you can't hide it. People see what you are.
Uh, and Lord willing, uh, I pray that our testimony is that of truth and that people see it as that as well. God, would you help us please as we... Lord, we, we're here today because we love you. We're here today because we want to learn from you. And God, I pray that today we did. God, I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd help us to walk in truth. And I pray that you'd help our children to walk in truth. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we, we live in a, a uh, society that is ungodly. Lord, may we have a testimony of godliness. Help us in our workplace. Help us in our neighborhoods. Help us in our uh, daily walk, Lord, that we would just walk in truth. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today with children still in our home. I pray that you'd help us to train them, to nurture them, to discipline them, and to cherish them as you have told us to do. And God, I pray specifically today for the children in this church that, God, they would grow and that they would walk in truth. And God, I pray that you'd help me as the pastor and us as the church that we would assist one another in helping uh, accomplish that. But Lord, ultimately the responsibility falls on us as parents, so help us. Lord, I pray that you would um, speak into our life what needs to be changed. Lord, that we would understand what needs to be changed. Help us to make those changes. Give us the strength uh, to do just that. Lord, help us to love one another, I pray in Jesus' name. Their heads bowed.